what I was saying was that for me, since I was in a place where I knew that I was done and I was content for me hearing this news was just kind of like meh, whatever, you know, it's, 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 um, wild to think about how, um, how you, how, how I have been able to go from being so hopeful and being so invested into just being okay with more than okay with, um, whatever, whatever, whatever his choices are and however he chooses to live his life, as long as it doesn't affect our children. Um, I, I think the the best way to describe how I felt after meeting with him was free. I felt free. I, f I feel free. I feel, I feel so light and I feel so free. And, uh, this podcast is supposed to be educational. And so I don't want to cry, but, um, I, uh, I've, I've met an, an incredible man who has shown me what, what it means to love and what it means to care for and what it means to receive kindness and respect. And um, I'm not saying these things to make it about that man, but I'm saying these things because it opened up my eyes to like, holy cow, like I, the, this people, people don't treat each other this way. And, um, I knew that I was worthy and deserving of receiving love and care. And yet I didn't necessarily have that person in my life who was, was providing those things. And, to actually see that happening in front of me and with me, it just, um, it just really changed things for me. And I, I was just done. I, you know, I've, I have had so many people tell me like his friends included, like you need to leave you. And regretfully. So I, I mean, I should have left years ago and, I didn't. And so again, yes, I do believe that people can overcome this uh, narcissistic game. And um, I do believe that people can have happy and healthy relationships. And I also believe that like, you ain't going nowhere when the train's not moving. And there's only one person who's in charge of running that train and that's you. And if the person who is a narcissist is not moving, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. And, uh, I have just decided I've, I've been living my life like that for too long and I deserve happiness. And so if you're listening and you, you, you aren't getting that and you have been holding out, believing and having the faith and the hope that a person is going to change you deserve more. And if you are a person of faith, like me, that faith fuels a lot of that belief. Like don't give up on people. 
continue to have hope, continue to believe, continue to pray. The problem with that is that the Lord does not accept emotional abuse as, as being acceptable. It's abuse. And the Bible very directly calls out that being one of the many, well, not many, but one of the very few reasons why it is okay to get a divorce. Um, for me, I looked at that and I thought, yeah, I know. I know that the Bible says that, but I just still have hope. And even though God says like, yeah, it's okay for you to get a divorce in these situations, that wasn't necessarily what I had felt called to at the time. And, you know, maybe I was exactly where I needed to be at that time. I just didn't, I didn't, I, I just, that's what narcissism is. I just, the blinders, were, they were put over my eyes by, by Dylan and I couldn't see what was going on. Um, clearly because I had found out what I had found out after we had met and he signed the papers. So I still do intend on talking about uh, what people need to do in order to create a, help, a happy and healthy marriage when this is happening and how to overcome it. Um, and I'm excited about that. I'm educated on that. I've done a ton of research on it. I've lived through it. Um, so it's, it's definitely, uh, something that I believe can still happen. And, um, yeah, I am excited. I'm excited to see the direction that this goes with the freedom to discuss things that I would like to discuss um, and educate about. Uh, one of the things that has really been discouraging and really brought me a lot of sadness in the last maybe two years is that I, I've seen um, a lot of my Christian friends go through abuse, uh, go through abusive situations in their home where they're living in an environment where there is domestic violence and emotional abuse is domestic violence, regardless of whether or not you want to call it that it is. And the support system that my Christian friends receive in that is pretty non-existent. I was uh, talking to a friend of mine the other day and I had asked her if when she had gotten a divorce, if anybody from her church had reached out to her and she said no. And this person was extremely involved in the church that she, that she went to at the time. And it crushed me. Like it just, it just crushed me. Um, I was, I was telling my, uh, who is now my boy, my boyfriend or my significant other, I was, I was telling him about, uh, just about how the, the, these people aren't supported and, um, how unsupported I have felt over the last two years. And, um, I would not make a blanket statement and say the church sucks and uh, they should do a better job because there have been some incredible people in my life from the church who have prayed and, and wept and been there for me and some incredible pastors as well who have 
supported me and Dylan both um, unconditionally knowing the truth um, and uh, who've apologized. There's one, there's always one who's just really great at apologizing. And um, I just, I've just been very grateful for those people. And also it's, it's really sad and it's really discouraging that um, when you need the community, the Christian, your, your Christian community the most in going through something like this, they're not there. Uh, recently posted on Facebook that I'm in a relationship with, um, with my partner and I don't think a single person from my Christian church community has commented or interacted with that post in any way. And um, I know that there's some hesitancy in that people don't quite know what, what is going on, but now, now they do. Uh, I've been incredibly emotionally and verbally abused for the last 15 years. And Dylan was right there saying it and there was nobody there supporting me in it. And, um, it's okay. I'm an overcomer. I, I got through it and I have amazing support. I have an amazing support system. They're just elsewhere. Um, and so when I was talking to this friend and found out that not a single person had, you know, reached out to her. I, there's been several people actually who've told me this. It just hurts. Like it, it hurts so badly. And I, I don't say that to, um, try to create this environment of shame or, uh, try to make uh, people in the church feel bad. I, I say it to be like, come on church. Like we got to get better at this. Like, this is a mental health issue and people die over stuff like this. People, women and men who are in this situation too, like they commit suicide over being in relationships like this. And then to go through finally saying enough is enough and to have no support. It's just, no, like we're called to love and we're called to take care of we're called to support, especially when people are being battered and abused. And it's, yeah, it's just been so discouraging. Um, and so that's why I'm here to bring it up and say, like, let's go, like, let's get better at this. If you, if you want to, if you're interested in it, a really great book to read for starters is When Loving Him is Hurting You. I would highly recommend that any pastor read that book. Uh, so that they know what's going on in, in the home of a person who is dealing, who is the victim of narcissistic and emotion, emotionally verbal abuse. Um, and uh, it, there, it is part of secondary abuse. And I still haven't talked about the definition and really gone into what secondary abuse is. And maybe I'll do that in the next episode. This episode was mainly for like just updating and um, letting people know what's going on um, 
and what the mission of this podcast remains to be. Um, we told our, we have a six-year-old and a 13-year-old and the six-year-old doesn't understand, but our 13-year-old does. So I told him and um, he's seen a lot of, he's seen a lot of crap. We've, you know, him and I, we've had years where we've lived separate from Dylan. We've lived with my grandma. We've lived with my parents. Uh, there was one year where I had a grandma who had passed away and Dylan had been stonewalling me for three weeks. And, um, I went alone to my grandma's funeral without him knowing that she had even passed away because he had been stonewalling me probably because I asked him to do something as silly as the dishes and he didn't want to. And so I told him that that made me feel a certain way probably. And from that, I, this is a completely made up situation, but it probably was something as ridiculous as that. And then from that, I was stonewalled for three weeks not spoken to. And in that time, Dylan had decided that the best use of his time was to play video games. And so after getting home from my grandma's funeral, I said to Dylan, um, it's time for you to either choose me or the video games. Because in this, at this moment in our lives, this was maybe, uh, this is maybe 10 years ago. Uh, video games was his mistress and um, there was no room for me or our son because it consumed him and he decided to choose video games and I had my dad waiting out in the car um, on his decision so that if he decided that he was going to continue to choose to play video games my dad was going to come in the house and we were going to pack up our bags and off we went. And that's what happened. Dylan decided, nope, I'm not going to give up the thing that makes me feel comfortable. My comfort comes before everything else. And so I left. And that's one of the few times that um, I had spent several months away from Dylan with Brody and my oldest. And we, you know, we we made it and uh, Brody was raised in a very different way than how our youngest has been raised. Um, but so I told Brody that we were getting a divorce and Brody's response was, I want you to be happy, mom. Like I just, your happiness really matters to me. And uh, P.S. Like our children's happiness needs to be what matters to us and not the other way around although his sentiment is nice and he's a great kid and that is why it matters to him. But I just want to put it out there that it is our responsibility to make our children feel safe and secure and not the other way around. But he, he was fine with it and he just wants to be able to have the freedom to see whomever he wants to see when he wants to see them. And so um, that's, that's what he'll get. Um, so he, he's been, he's, he's known about it. Um, I mean, it's, it's been an off and on conversation over the last year and a half for us. And so he's known about it. We've talked about it and talked it through. And I actually, uh, that was the, that was the moment 
when I felt the freedom to leave was about two years ago when Brody had said to me, Mom, I wouldn't really care if you divorced Dad. In fact, I, I think you should. There's been lots of times where I've wanted to where I've wanted to not do nice things because of the way that he treats you. And um, so he was okay with it. And when he told me that about two years ago, I just I felt like I could breathe and I felt like I could finally investigate and explore other alternatives to the way I live my life. Now would I encourage people to put the fate of their relationship in the hands of their, at that time, 12 or 11 year old child? No. But to hear him say it out loud, it just made a huge difference for me. So, um, to that I would say, your kids are kids and they're not always going to understand why you're doing what you're doing. But at some point they will, they will get it and they, they will understand. And, um, so I would not stay simply because of the kids. I've, I've never been a believer of that. I think that that does a lot of damage and can be detrimental to children to stay in a relationship that is unhealthy. So, um, I'm finding that with our youngest and, uh, hopefully here we'll get them in to see a therapist because therapy is needed for everybody and, um, he'd really benefit from it right now. So, um, yeah, goals are the same. Like if you are an, or if, if you have, if you, if you, I'm just going to say it straightforward. Like if you are a narcissist and you want to change, you can you can always teach a new dog, an old dog, new tricks, and um, you can always make different choices and different decisions. You know, we're all human, and we're all given the opportunity to make those decisions, and we have free will. And uh, if you choose to do the right thing, then then that's what you choose to do, and your life is going to reflect that. So. Your marriage is going to reflect that and you can end up being and overcoming that war for, for the soul. Um, so I, I don't know how long this podcast has been, maybe 30 minutes. Um, it's a, it's a brief one. Uh, not, not a, uh, not a specific topic, but more of a plot twist topic, which so I've titled it plot twist. Um, I'm sure I'll have more to say about this as the time passes on, but, you know, after posting on Facebook that I'm in a relationship with a incredibly wonderful man who treats me better than I've ever been treated. And I set the bar high because of the abuse I've been, I, I've, I've endured and he's jumped over the bar every time. So posting that I'm in this relationship with him, I just... I wanted to provide clarity to people who maybe didn't understand or didn't quite know what was going on. Not that it's anybody's business, but I don't know. We, Dylan and I have always been very open and will continue to be very open with who we are and how we live our lives. And, or I will continue to be open. I guess I can't speak for him, but um, I think it's built within him to be open about who we are and where our lives are going. 
sometimes there's a little twist of the truth in there on his end, but for the most part, he, he doesn't mind sharing the status of things. So, um, with that, um, I would like to end by just letting people know that there's always hope. And one of the things I realized yesterday was that I kept praying that God would bring restoration and, you know, that he would heal, that he would, that he would heal the relationship between Dylan and I, and that, that ultimately at the end of the day, that I would be, that I would feel satisfied with the relationship I was in and that I would, you know, feel loved and secure. And the beautiful thing is that the, the Lord heard all of that. He just had an incredibly wonderful way of surprising me with those things in a different person. And the Lord really is looking out for you and has your back. And you have to trust that. Um, so uh, I hope that if you're struggling, you feel the courage to reach out. I am absolutely 100% always available to speak with anybody who may need support around this topic. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a week, <laughs> but it's been a very exciting week for me. I feel free. I feel relieved. I feel like I can breathe again. So want to I'm saying these things in the event that there's a listener who's right on the fence and, and doesn't know what to do I, I'd say jump you know, it's never too late to change your mind and go back or maybe it is if you go a long period of time without it but try it out see what separation feels like you know see see how it goes I don't think there's any harm in separation. It can be a very good thing, even for people who want to stay in their relationship. It's, it is still a good thing. Just take a step back and, um, yeah, spend time contemplating and reflecting. So I think that's all for episode number five. Um, looking forward to the next one and probably talk more about secondary abuse in episode number six. Looking forward to that. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, looking forward to the next episode. It's the weekend. So have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>